up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to another live broadcast with yours truly. I know you guys have been upset with me. I know it's been a long time, but I'm here. My goal is to do uh, catch up. But this past two weeks have been busy. I've been, um, been um, you know, a lot of things been going on. I've been writing a book. I've been uh, to a funeral, been to <laughs> help my mom move. So a lot has been going on the last two weeks. But I want to make sure I serve you guys and gals with, with, uh, with the gift that God has given me. Uh, to answer your questions from experience and all that good stuff. So I won't be on here too long. My goal is to give you at least about a good 20 to 25 minutes of good sound content of answering you guys and gals questions and then move on about my day. But hopefully this weekend, I'll be able to contribute some more content uh, to be able to help you all. What's going on, Adriana? What's going on, Bronx in the building? What's up, Dana? What's up, Ryan? What's going on, Adriana? Oh, hey, same person. Oh, same person again. Uh, but hey, everybody, hope y'all doing exceptionally well. I emailed you a question. Okay, I'll make sure I check. What's good from Colorado? What's up, Eric? What's up? Hey, Coach, showing love from Saratosa, Florida. What's going on, Florida? Hello, what's up? What's up, Rebecca? Dana, oh, Dana said, listen, listen, I had this. I had this question on copy. I just, I just, I had it on copy. So she's ready. How do I deal with childhood trauma and move past sexual abuse? Good question. How do I deal with childhood trauma and move past sexual abuse. Well, the devil understands just how deeply fragile our souls are and how vulnerable we can become. The most vulnerable periods of our life is childhood. So he knows if I can cause some type of trauma while your brain is developing, then while your brain is developing, I can have a, a, a weed of trauma rooted in your mind so that as you begin to develop in life between the teenage years and between the early 20s, then all these experiences will begin to uh, 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 find its roots entangled with the weed of that trauma. So the best way to overcome that trauma is to realize the triumphantness of Jesus, that he tri He is triumphant, that he is victorious over everything, that the sins that was put against you, the sins that was done against you was placed on him. So you don't have to worry about carrying those things anymore. The best way, the beginning stages of, of, of untangling yourself from that childhood trauma is to, is, to, is to find yourself at a place where you begin to go back to the conception and be willing to forgive that person because because childhood trauma is a care that you shouldn't be carrying in your life and in order for you to not carry that you got to see purpose in it you got to see value in it you got to first understand or secondly or thirdly understand that you survived it you survived that trauma. I don't care how, how deep it was. I don't care how long it's lasted. Right now, you are a survivor. Therefore, that messy experience has now or could become a message out of your mouth. Now, as soon as you carry, as soon as you cast that care on God and, and, and analyze the conception and forgive that person and forgive yourself, then you're able to carry your cross. See, the crimes and the things that occurs or the situations that happen to us at the beginning are probably the, the, the main ingredients or the main things that, that will make you aware that that's the cross you're supposed to bear. Not the cross that you're supposed to bear in complaining and whining, but say, you know what? I'm going to carry this cross into the world and show people that Christ is, is, is fully able to heal you. Now, let me, let me get back to your question so I can kind of break it down a little bit more. How do I deal with child drama? You stop, you deal with it. There we go. Deal with it. Deal with the details of it. Deal with it and give it over to God and see how you can and, 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 and vibe out with God to see how this can become a message. Now, sexual abuse is 
being abnormally used sexually. A lot of people have been molested, have been raped, have been uh, manipulated into sexual experiences that has caused such issues in their life that it's affecting or will be or could affect their sexual experiences with their, with their husband or wife. Like I said before, there's not an abuse in this world that God cannot use. Abuse continues to run rampant in our minds when we don't see use of it. God did not sit there and was like, let this happen. He said, since it happened, how can we use this to impact all other people who have been sexually abused? God doesn't care who sexually abused you. He can renew you sexually. He can renew you mentally. He can renew you emotionally so that you can become healed, whole, and well, and able to help others. I hope that help. I hope that encouraged you. Um, but let's keep going. Mariah, what's up, Illinois? What's up, Vicky? What's going on? Raw Scouts. Hey, coach, how do I overcome sexual struggles? Good question. Um, <clears throat> the conception. What's the reason for this season? What's the reason? What calls? This season, what 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 was the conception of it? Um, if you go all the way back to the moment you was introduced to something sexually or you was introduced to a vulnerability or introduced to something that kind of caused you to be intrigued by by what has got you. And now a lot of people don't understand that a lot of their sexual struggles boils down to a soul issue. It boils down to something that happened to them when it was young. It boils down to an insecurity. It boils down um, to a vulnerability. It boils down to an abuse. And when you can go all the way back to when that thing was conceived, the Holy Spirit will begin to show you how to overcome it. He'll begin to show you who to forgive, what to do, and how to maneuver from it. But most people get so caught up in the symptoms of a sexual struggle that they forget about the source of the sexual struggle. And most of us, the reason why our sexual struggles are prominent in our life because we have yet to allow our souls to be secured in Christ. What areas in your soul, in your mind, in your emotions, in your heart has have is still tainted, still um, still uh, uh, um, not guarded? Because those things left unguarded will be the things used against you, opening yourself up to be sexually satisfied. Because sexual satisfaction. Is, is 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 manipulative, meaning that, that if I'm going through a deep soul issue, now I'm looking for something that will give me a brief feeling of ecstasy. So pornography, so masturbation, so sex with other people gives you a brief escape, gives you a brief moment away from that soul wound. But anything that only satisfies you temporarily cannot satisfy you fully. So what most people think is if I could just continue in this, hopefully this will buy me time or hopefully this will kind of help me. But that thing can can't solve your problem. So if you're dealing with a sexual struggle, you got to stop wrestling with it. You got to give it over to God. You got to surround yourself with accountability. You got to do what you got to do to be set free. And freedom begins with truth because truth will set you free. And the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. And the truth begins with the lies in your heart. When he begins to unravel every lie in your heart, every lie in your mind and brings the truth to it, then you will be set free from those sexual struggles. What lies are you still holding on to? What lies in your heart about your about about your manhood, about your womanhood, the lies about your your uniqueness and your wonder, your eye, your beauty? What lies are still in your heart that you need to allow truth to have a conversation with? The moment you allow truth to have a conversation with the lies in your heart, then it become easier to let go of all the sexual things that you are attached to. Good questions. 
Good question. Met a guy who apparently, Adrian said, I met a guy who apparently was super saved and on a regular conversation constantly quoted scriptures. I felt in my spirit to leave him alone, so I did. Should I be on the lookout for that? Adrian, the answer to your question is, um, not everything that glitters is gold. Not everyone that can quote scriptures is full of the scriptures or scriptures applied in their life. So super saved and 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 all that stuff about quoting scriptures um um can be can be a thing that that can be manipulative because there's a lot of people who know the word they have a spiritual soundness about them but they don't have substance about them so just because a person knows a bunch of scriptures just a per just because a person looks like they could be a spiritual leader they could be puffed up in their knowledge of god and that can be a dangerous uh, uh um effect in a relationship because a person knows a bunch of scripture but can't apply it or has become puffed up with the scripture they know it's not going to be sound or empathetic or that's why i posted a status three years ago on today that said don't be so caught up in truth that you lose your touch don't be so consumed in truth that you lose your touch now what does that mean so many people can be so consumed in truth that they lose their touch they lose their empathy they lose their understanding they lose their sympathy so many people know and know how to execute the word know all the attributes of god know the bible from beginning to end they can't touch nobody. They become so hard in what they know that they can't touch a soul. So you got to be very careful with people who know a bunch of scripture, but they lose their touch. They don't know how to engage. They don't know how to have a balance of zeal and wisdom, a balance of truth and touch. Good questions. All right. LaShondra, oh, I almost get one. Sending out God love and vibes on to all. Thank you so much. God loves us all. That's right. That's right. Lissandra says, how do I become content with moving back in with my family due to lay off from a job? That is only temporary. Like sometimes we can get so caught up in, man, I don't, I don't never want to go back home. See, home, home is a safety net. You know what I'm saying? Like the best way to be content in anything is knowing that most of the things that we find ourselves in are temporary. When you know that God is probably going to have you temporarily, then you can understand the reason for that season. See, I had to move back in my mom's house for many years when I got back from college. But it was safety for me. As I was doing ministry, I was at my mom's house. It kept me from having women in out of my life. It kept me um, from being uh, negligent. It, kept, it was a safety net for me. And it did it suck. Yeah. But either way, I see hindsight being 2020. I see the reason. I see why God did what he did. And, it, and it's understandable. So if you find yourself laid off, be glad that you have a home to go back to. There's a lot of people who have no mother, have no father, have no home to go back to. So, so the best way to build contentment is to count your blessings. The best way to, uh, to build contentment is, is to really consider the blessings that you have, to really consider that, yo, I have a home to come to. I have people who love me and it's only going to be temporary. Moving back home. It just depends on how home is. The cool thing about moving back home, if you have a good home, you can have your own space in that home. Um, but if it's a good home, count it all joy, knowing that God has given you a temporary place to rebound, regroup, and bounce back. Hope to help. Good questions, y'all. Hey, coach, hope all is well. How do you handle, how do we handle witches? Good question. 
Witches, you know, they're on a losing side, on a losing team. So the best way to handle witches is not in your own strength. Jesus made this very clear. The best way to handle witches is how Jesus told the disciples to handle out how to handle their authority. Jesus sent them out two by two and they came back after uh, doing ministry, gave them power over and all that good stuff. And they came back and they began to celebrate like, yo, Jesus, the demons tremble, yo, yo. Jesus, let me listen. Listen to me real quick. Jesus, I was by the Bojangles, yo. And I saw this man over here acting crazy, man. I was like, yo, I, I got me a two-piece and a biscuit, though, Jesus, because I want to make sure I was ready. I was full enough to be able to handle this ministry. So I was like, God, I was getting bad. The dude's out here. I'm going to go get my food, eat my two, my Supremes. I'm going to eat my chicken or whatever, biscuits and fries. And I'm going to minister to man. So, Jesus, this is what happened. I laid my hands on dude. Dude was like, yo. All these legions of demons came out of the dude. Me and my homeboy that we went together with, we started rejoicing. And Jesus was like, yo, 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 okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't rejoice that you have power over demons. He said, you better find your joy in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the beginning. That lets us know that since I am saved, I rejoice not in my authority over demonic spirits and demonic realm. I don't rejoice in the fact that God has given me this authority, that he gives me power over witches and warlocks and, and people in association with them. I'm just content that my name's written. So when you're content in the fact that your name is written, then when you find yourself in demonic uh, environments and you dealing with witches, your, 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 your joy is, is already full because you know, your joy is in God. He gives you strength. And when you are strengthened by him, a witch can't do nothing to you. You know how many witches came to my ministry? You know how many witches can't even say stuff in my face? And they ain't, they couldn't even lay a hand on me. So when you know that your name is written, that means you're on a winning team. And when you know you're on a winning team, then you can whoop any witch. You see what I'm saying? Because when you know and your mind understands who you are in Christ, you can walk wherever he wants you to walk with authority and with confidence, knowing that you're fully protected to do the Lord's work. But you got to make sure you stay in God's work. You got to make sure you stay behind God's hedge. You got to make sure that you stay in his will, right? Because the will of God would not take you where his, the great, the will of God would not take you where his grace won't keep you. So many people be all in the devil's business prematurely, be all over in witches' faces prematurely. You got to be content that your name is written. You got to be uh, uh, um, um, steady obedient and faithful in the will of God. And when you find yourself face to face with a witch, you know who you are in Christ. You have authority over them. This is what I do every day. Well, every day that I wake up, when I get in my car, I counsel every, um, I counsel every plot and scheme of the devil. I counsel every witch work, every warlock, every spell, every curse, every has, I get it up off me. I get it away from me. That's why we got to be more proactive instead of reactive in our, in, in our position in God. And so that's what you do, man. Witches, man, they're on a losing team. And they know they're on a losing team when they meet the real believers. But when you your faith is in anything else other than God, then you'll be whooped by them. But when you find yourself winning, don't rejoice that you won. Rejoice in the one who holds all victory. And so when you're dealing with witches, man, how to handle witches, um, know who you are in Christ, um, dwell in his presence where there's a fullness of joy. And joy is where his strength is. And when you meet a witch face to face, don't back down and know for a fact that they'll leave because they know who you believe. Hope that helps.
I know I'm rambling, but I just hope it's been a while. It's been a while. I'm off rhythm, but I hope that I'm flowing in the spirit of God helping you all today. Got 15 minutes and I'm out. Dana Warfield says, I know you talked about breaking soul ties previously, but I feel like I was making progress. Then boom, I slipped back in and now I feel like I'm back at square one. It happens. Um, anytime you find yourself hitting a wall, what you need to do is to relax, assess, adjust, and advance. What I mean by that is anytime I find myself in a wall spiritually, anytime I find myself in a place where I'm like, wow, that was quick. I assess the situation. Assessment is key. Assessment says, okay, what contributed to me falling back? After I do my analysis and my assessment, now I can make the necessary adjustments so then when I get back on the road, I can advance. So Dana, you got to look at your life and say, okay, what, where was it Tuesday at two o'clock? What day, what time, what things contributed to me coming back to square one? And once you take the time, get a sheet of paper and assess it, analyze the details, assess it all, and then make the adjustments and bring in the accountability that you need to ensure that you can advance longer. Okay, so I'm gonna read your question again. I know you talked about breaking soul ties previously, but I feel like I was making progress. That's good. Then boom, I slipped back. It happens. One thing you gotta expect, you gotta expect in the beginning stages of anything new for you, you're going to make mistakes. Every kid, when they first started riding a bike, failed many times. It, you're gonna fail a lot of times in the beginning of anything. And when you understand that, then you will have grace for you. You have empathy for you. You will begin to say, okay, God, okay, good. I'm not drastically cast down. I'm not messed up. Okay, let me rebound. Let me regroup and let me move on. That's it. You're going to mess up in the beginning of something new, but know that God is with you and that he is renewing you. And then there's going to come a place where that thing is going to be so far distant in the past that you ain't going to, it's a, it, it'd be rare that you slip up. So don't beat yourself up. What messes us up is our critical a nature about ourselves and how we self-condemn, that we get so caught up in our mind being critical about perfection and all God wants is progression. And with progression, there's going to be slip-ups, but know that you, 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 you didn't slip out. You slipped up. So keep going, keep pressing. You're going to be all right. Vicky says, should I tell my friend I like him more than a friend? <laughs> we are both, okay. We are both Christians and I don't want to ruin our friendship. If I say something, I have mistaken the energy between us as being something more. Vicky, by your name, I know you're a lady. So what I would tell you to do is don't say nothing. Um, one of the best, one of those, one of the disciplines that you should have in your life or begin to develop in your life is self-control. There comes a point when we get into infatuation. See this shirt right here, infatuation is blind, not love. Shirts available on my website, possibly up under this video. Infatuation is blind, not love. So what happens is when we do not have self-love, I'm not saying this about you, but just follow me. When we do not have um, at the right at the right level self-love, we are more prone to infatuation. So when there's no self-love there, we don't know how to love ourselves. Therefore, we think that if I feel these feelings of love, then I have to act on it. No, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is like, well, let's start with patient. Love is patient. Love says, you know what? I like this person, but is it wise? I like this person, but I'm a lady. I shouldn't be saying anything. I, I like this person, but I love God more. And I know that whoever God has for me, he'll bring them to me. So when you have that rhythm of love and that pace of love, 
that's rooted in the patience of love, man, then when you have those feelings of infatuation, if you have those feelings of, I want to tell this guy, then you will be a woman that says, you know what? I like this guy, but I'm not going to allow my like of this guy to keep me from being in a place of self-love and basking in the perfect love of God that casts away all fear. See, perfect love casts away all fear. When love has been perfected in you, you don't rush to anything. So most of us, the reason why we rush is because of fear. The fear of, the fear of, well, if I don't say anything, I'm a mess up. Or if I don't say anything, I'm a mess up. Man, if you've been perfected by God's love, you won't be afraid about nothing because he will, he will cast away all fear. And all of a sudden, because you God's love, it don't matter who you like, you know for a fact God loves me more than I like this person, then I'm going to trust God to bring who he sees fit for me. So my real question to you, Vicky, is, is who do you love more? Who do you like more? Um, um, what, what, because as a lady, you shouldn't be reaching out to no man. You, you disqualify, not disqualify, you, um, you stifle, um, the hunter in him, you stifle, um, the pursuer in him. There's, 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 there's things that a man learns when he initiates. There's, there's, there's leadership, um, um, tech, not tech techniques, but leadership qualities that he learns in the pursuit of a strong woman. And if you, if you, if you help that butterfly out of the cocoon, you will help, you will hinder that man from flying. See what I'm saying? So you can't help a man do what he should do on his own with God. Allow the, the natural supernatural work of God to bring that man from a butter, from a caterpillar, pill to a butterfly. And I know you want to help him fly. I know you want him to fly your way, but let him, because if he don't come out of that cocoon, then he won't have no strength in his wings. If you don't have no strength in his wings, then where is he going to take you? So I know infatuation is, is blind, but we know love is not. Love is patient. Let God reveal in his timing who you need to be. But before God reveals God must heal. Before God reveals to you your husband, reveals to you your wife, you have to be healed first. The question you have to ask, am I whole? And just because you like him, it is not your responsibility to let him know. God will let whoever the guy is know, and that guy will come find you. Trust God, and um, he'll take care of you. Good question, though. Been celibate for 12 years, feeling like giving up any advice on encouragement. Oh, man, bro, I bet I was a virgin my whole life. This is right up my alley. <laughs> so let me encourage you, fam. Listen, um, what helped me to stay the course is to realize consequences, you know, consequences and and being um, constructive on my purpose were two things that kept me from, you know what, right? Start with number one. What was my first one? Um, um, consequences. Man, listen. You do not want to go 12 years of being celibate or abstinent, right? And then for two and a half minutes, suffer a consequence that if you would have just stayed true to what you was already doing, you wouldn't have that consequence in your life. Man, do you know how many people out here wish that they could take that 20 minutes back, that two and a half minutes back? And, 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 and even though their child is a blessing, they were not fit parents for the raising of that child. Like, yo, man, the consequences will let you be like, whoo, consequences will help cool you off. Consequences, when you think about the consequences, it will cool you off. And what keeps you going is to be constructive, is to be um, purposeful, to pursue your purpose. Listen, you, you, listen, <laughs> well, why do you think coach got 1,500 videos? Why you think coach got six books written? Why you think coach got all these videos? Why you think coach preach an hour and a half? 
You see what I'm saying? You, you got to get through this. And the best way to get through this is to realize that you can't get through this on your own. So you got to say, I am I content in God? That's the first seat. Contentment in God, the consequences of sin, and being constructive on your purpose. Constructive? Is constructive a word? It is today. Content in Christ. Father, I trust you. Anytime you find, because 12 years is a long time, and I understand, 12 years is a long time. But y'all always got to look at your life and be like, you know what? Have I lost contentment in God? Am I aware of the consequence of these sins? Am I even being constructive or productive in my purpose? That'll get you over the hump. That'll get you over those moments when you feel tempted to, or, or, or dis, uh, displeased or upset or disappointed in life. Man, man, sex ain't all that in regards to outside of marriage. Like, when, I mean, sexual things. I can't speak on sex outside of marriage, but I'm talking about sexual things. Like, that stuff is pointless. You, you have sex outside of the sanctity of marriage, you're still going to find yourself disappointed. You're going to still find yourself like, man, that was a waste of my time. Come on, man. I'm married now, and I'm so glad I waited. Because I have no other person to compare my wife to. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what that world is like. But I'm so glad that I was so productive in my purpose that I have something to show for in my marriage. You see what I'm saying? So I know, I know 12 years is a long time. I know you feel like 12 years a slave. I feel you. But don't give up. Stay encouraged. In order to be encouraged, you got to enter his courage. There's going to be times where you can't even muster up a courage in yourself. That's why you got to say, God, I'm entering your courage. I'm more than a conqueror. You see what I'm saying? I'm ahead not to tell. You know what I'm saying? I'm above only and not beneath. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm all these different things. You got to enter his courage. Go to his word. Pray. Seek a, get, find that counselor, that person that can console you and help you. You see what I'm saying? But listen, it, it, that stuff is overrated. Keep doing what you're doing because the people wish they can do what you did. You see what I'm saying? By the help of the Holy Ghost. Hope to help. Got about five minutes and I'm out. Got molested when I was four years old. Been balanced sexual since then. Shake my head. I don't care what you've been through. God can heal you. You got to You. It's. it's uh, I wish I had time. I'm going to have to do a longer video on sexual abuse. I'm going to have to do a long video on that because it's layers to it. And when you get to the mental layers and the effects of sexual abuse, it takes time to help people process. If you need that one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you need to talk to me about this, I have some slots open for from here until I'm going to do it in three-month increments to see how life goes and where God is taking me. But uh, go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. Go to the custom coaching tab and uh, schedule a session. And, and if you're dealing with sexual abuse, Put it in the title and I'll see what I can do. Give me your best um, um, uh, budget for coaching. I'll do what I can. But I am going to work on a video. I'm, I'm writing a book. I just I'm almost done with it on the mind and the layers of it. So um, but I know you need to answer now. But to give you something that can help you right now into the meantime, there's not an abuse that God can't heal you from. I don't care how young you was. God can renew the mind. The Bible says uh uh, be not conformed to this world. The devil wants to conform you. He wants to use all that stuff. Conform. He wants to use all those different things to conform you into an image. He wants to use molestation. He wants to use abuse to conform you into an image. But the Bible says you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to really take your mind seriously. And most people don't know how to do this. You got to really steal your mind over periods of time, whether it's 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, or an hour a day, and really process the details of your thing.
thinking. Thinking is adding rain to a thought, right? Thoughts come in your mind. See, I did a post. I said, thought in my book, I talk about thoughts come unaware, but thinking is a choice. You may have a thought that comes in your mind, but you thinking on that is your choice to dwell on that. And that's why the Bible says in Philippians 4, you got to think on things that are pure, just, lovely, all those things for things. You got to condition your mind to think differently or think counterly against that molesting thought. You see what I'm saying? And it's because the battle is yours. He already won the battle. You just got to change the way you think about the situation and really write down a sheet of paper who abused you, um, the contributors of that abuse, and what does the word of God says about that abuse? Now you got to take what the word of God says and build affirmations, build confessions, and begin to change the way you think about that. So that messy situation can now become a message that God can use. And a message is an aged mess. A message, that's why a lot of people, a lot of preachers out here preaching hurt, because I used to preach hurt back in the day. But when you preach hurt, you hurt, you help nobody. Because people can hear your hurt through your message. So your message has to be an aged mess. That means that mess is so old ago that you have a lot of wisdom points within your maturity that will help you deliver the message to build up the masses. See what I'm saying? So change the way you think about it so that God can give you a message for everyone else that was sexually abused. Hope to help. Good questions tonight. I'm glad I was able to do this. Hey, coach, how can I let go of hurt if I'm always making pro? making priorities for others. But when it comes to me, they tend to forget that I am in existence. I'm never anyone. Trust me. I, I lived that. I lived that. See, you have the personality of a helper. And that's why you have to get to a, you have to get to a place where you get out of your mind um, that people owe you something. When you do things without people, without the expectation of people doing a doing it at the level that you did it or doing it all, then it sets you free. When you know that God is your source, God will sustain you and you supply. Now you got to make that supply limited. The Holy Spirit will limit your supply. Just because there's a, just because there's a demand doesn't mean you supply everybody's demand. It's okay to be um, disciplined. It's okay to um, to, uh, to 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 not be all be all things to everyone. You see what I'm saying? So most of the times, helpers hurt themselves by overly helping. You hurt yourself when you overly help. When you when you love yourself and you help yourself, you will know exactly how to help others. You only help people based upon based on the energy you have or the supernatural energy that's given. There's going to be times when you're going to have no energy, but the Holy Spirit give you supernatural energy to help people. You got to go with the flow of God. And if you're too tired, you got to learn how to say no to people. You, the reason why we hurt because we said yes to too many people. The reason why we hurt, we say yes to everyone else but ourselves. You got to say yes to you because no, people don't owe you nothing. And when you when you get that in your mind, you will do things freely and on behalf of God. And when people don't meet your expectations, you know for a fact that God's got you. So, hey, coach, how can I let go of hurt if I'm always making priorities for others? But when it comes to me, they tend to forget that I'm in existence. I'm never anyone's priority. Those kind of people. Limit your pouring. Limit your pour into people whose who, who's, who's glass is not a pour, is not trying to pour into you. You got to rearrange your priorities. God, if you if you single, God, you, and the rest, everybody come after that. Minister to God, minister to yourself, then you're able to minister to others. 
And when people get an attitude about how much you give into them now, they don't deserve your ministry. It's that simple. If people begin to complain and mouth off because you changed the way you ministered them, those people don't deserve your ministry. And so don't hurt yourself trying to help people that, that are using you. You see what I'm saying? So rearrange your priorities and, and, and love you. Love you and yours. Develop in the love of God. Grow so that you'll know exactly how to deposit your love to everyone else. And you are God's priority. And bask in that. You are God's priority. And if you are God's priority, you don't got to worry about who prioritizes you in their life. Just know for a fact God prioritized you in his life when he sent his son for you. And he's a present help right now for you. Hope to help. All right. Oh, man. How to discern people who come into your life? Good question. Discernment only comes from devotion. The deeper you go in God, the more sound your the more sound your discernment is. Like I wrote this in my book. I talked about how the Federal Reserve and the people who make the dollar bill, they don't the people who investigate fraudulent money, right? They don't dwell so much on the fakes because fakes are made every day. They just know the real so much that they can spot a fake in an instant. So when you are always trying to scan people, scan people, and you're not really having been scanned by God, then you're going to be deceived. And what I mean by that is because people can be people are fickle. People are changing you like that. People that was your friend for 10 years can change you in 10 minutes. You see what I'm saying? So, so you can't get so caught up on trying to read people, read God. And then as soon as that person come across your life, you will sense. Nope. Even if they're genuine. Do you know how many people were genuine to me in the beginning, but became grimy later? That's life. But the Holy is interesting with certain people that came in my life. I knew all along something wasn't right, but I was trying to, get, you know, just benefit of the doubt. But the Holy Spirit let me know from the beginning, don't trust that person. And so now as I've grown in ministry, I'll smile in people's faces, but my heart don't trust them. <laughs> I'll have conversations with people my heart won't trust. Them. And they're like, wow, why is this guy not bringing me close? It's because I don't trust you. Even though you may be genuine, the Holy Spirit is telling me right now that you may be genuine now, but you may be grimy later. So how to discern people? Devote yourself to the real. Devote yourself to the divine. And then your discernment will, will, will maximize. And you'll begin to recognize them in a moment. And But you got to trust when the Holy Spirit tells you. When the Holy Spirit tells you that person's a fake, it doesn't matter how beautiful they are. It doesn't matter how, many, how much money they got in a bag for you. You walk away. You got to trust this. You cannot be desperate. Discernment cannot work in a heart that's desperate. Discernment doesn't work in the heart of people who are desperate for the things of this world. If you're desperate for the things of this world, your discernment ain't going to work. Your dependency has to be in God. and You can't be desperate for nothing but him. Dependency in God will, will help you slow your life down, make strategic decisions, and, and move on to your divine purpose. But when you get so caught up in... Um, um, I'm de I'm desperate for a husband. I'm desperate for a wife. I'm desperate for marriage. I'm desperate for money. I'm desperate for kids. You'll do stupid stuff out of desperate, out of being desperate, and then you'll deserve me to be off. You'll be like, I don't care. I just want somebody. And then next thing you wake up, like, man, I should have never married this man. I should never married this woman. This stuff is real. You got to be dependent on God and trusting that God has your best interest in mind, and He will bring things in His perfect timing. Hope to help.
but how did you cure your eczema? Eczema still eczema flares up sometimes on me. Coach be loving cheese so much. Coach loves cheese. The reason for eczema is cheese, but as it's, it's getting better though. So goat cheese, I heard goat cheese is good, but um, I'm doing bone broth. Well, I just finished my bone broth, but bone broth helps. Um, it's just better diet. You just got to find out what you're allergic to. Hope to help y'all. And my and Tommy, thank you, thank you for posting because now I got it. Man, I'm sorry. Good guys podcast will be back next week. Me and Brandon, we went through so I went through so much. Not something bad, but I just, a lot of stuff happened. And then BD's going through transitioning from a new job. And so we're going to be back on the rhythm pretty soon. But if you want to check out the Good Guys Podcast, you can go to right now to uh, the Good Guys Podcast on YouTube. All that good content, man. I love we talk about food, we talk about uh faith, we talk about all this different kind of stuff. Hope y'all enjoying it. Watching from China, thank you for watching. You're so welcome. Y'all, I got to go. I got, you know, I got to be wise. I got to go. I love y'all. I pray this podcast was a blessing to you. Um, and uh, go to my website, IamUnplugged.com for everything that I do. Um, custom coaching session with one-on-one coaching. Hit me up there. I got six books on Amazon. All that stuff's on my website. If you want to give the support what I do, uh, especially for my wife and I's mentoring program. I work in elementary school, so we for this be this our fourth year doing our mentoring program. We've mentored over a hundred so students, and we're trying. And our goal is to go into the middle school that is adjacent to our elementary school, but we need financial support to do so. Um, to run a program in two different schools, but we know God's going to provide, and we, if God places on your heart to do so, we'll welcome it. We thank you. Um, but all other stuff that I do is on my website. Love y'all, and see y'all next time. Peace. And also, we talked a lot about infatuation. This shirt's available on my website, IamUnplugged.com on the store. Infatuation is blind, not love. It's probably up on all my YouTube videos too. So um, hope y'all be blessed. Have a good night. I'll probably uh, do one more this weekend and I'll be, I should be back on rhythm next week. Um, But copy, keep your questions on copy and be ready to post it. When you see me live, hey, notification, hit the hit the notification button, hit the subscribe button, all that stuff. So you'll know you'll be ready when these lives pop up. No man knows the hour, not even me, when I'm going to do these lives. So stay subscribed, stay notified, and we'll see you soon. Peace. I have a blessed one. See y'all.